0: King Solomon, what a great um, series that we've been sharing about um, God's truth through King Solomon, and the lessons that we can learn from this saint of the Old Testament, he's well spoken of even in the New Testament. Jesus even referred to Solomon at times because of Solomon's doings. Everybody should be having some doings. Amen? Amen? And doings means action. Solomon was an action character in the Old Testament. As we begin this series, we've looked through and saw where King Solomon, and we began just laying a little bit of the foundation the first couple weeks of where he come from. There's a saying that is often spoken that says you don't need to get beyond your raisin. Amen. Amen. How many had a good raisin? Amen. A good raisin. Had parents, grandparents, community, coaches, many others <coughs> that impacted my life. School teachers that taught us right from wrong. How many knows right from wrong? Amen. You know right from wrong. If you don't, you need to. Amen. 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 And God has a way of teaching us right from wrong yeah, sure does. in His own special way. Yes. And sometimes that's in a way of love through His acts of grace towards us that we get what we did not deserve that being salvation most importantly amen through his acts of love he gives us mercy which is not getting what we do deserve how many deserves worse than what you've got amen so King Solomon was this person that had this rearing and that had the community that had teachers, that had instructors, that had parents, that had grandparents, that had all these people that I was naming a moment ago to teach him right from wrong. He was well guided. He could speak about many things and hopefully as as you've read through 1 Kings and listened to the words of King Solomon that you saw that it's amazing how that people were dumbfounded that he could talk about trees, about different about vegetation, about birds, about animals, about all these things. And he had a, a vast array of knowledge, head knowledge, about multiple things. And it says that people came from near and far to listen at the wisdom of Solomon. That they were dumbfounded by his insight into almost any topic that you wanted to bring up. You may have heard it said before that talking about some young person that's above his peers and has more understanding, they'll say they're wise beyond their years. But no matter how old we get, we should always strive to be wise beyond our years. I want to be smarter and wiser than my age. Amen? Amen? Because age doesn't equal wisdom. Age does not equal understanding. Age doesn't equal effectiveness. Action is what we're judged by. The Bible says in the New Testament that God will know our every thought and the secret intents of our heart. That he looks inwardly. And he looks deep within our soul. And he's got an x-ray vision that can see all the way through us, that we cannot hide from him, we cannot run from him. But it also says that he will judge us according to our words and our deeds. Everything we say and everything we do, we shall give an account. Everybody say, oh me. That's better than amen in that one because that's truly what we need to worry about the most is that I'm going to be held accountable for the things I've said and the things I've did or done. So King Solomon had an understanding of this because he had insight greater than most of his peers and he surely understood that his actions were going to be tested by God, that God was going to see through his intents. Angela took a run at it. So as we see that King Solomon's understanding, his knowledge, and it says his wisdom, all three... The Bible says in, in the New Testament that in all of his splendor, that his recognition amongst the world as a whole, other kings, other countries, other governors, they all paid homage to King Solomon because of what he knew and what he understood and how he could articulate what he was intending others to hear. Is anybody guilty of saying stuff that other people can't understand? (laughs) (laughs) Earl that's your dad (laughs) Jane that's your husband (laughs) we do love JR you didn't teach your son good enough Jr. I want to let you know last night he went to races and didn't even take a coat and it was 50 degrees outside and he's freezing to death had to go borrow a jacket so thank God for others others wisdom he wasn't showing it last <laughs> night. <laughs> Amy at least had a long sleeve shirt on. <laughs> yeah, he told you. Yeah, yeah, nah. What's that woman know? <laughs> and I, I, the older I get, and. I don't know how many sermons I've preached in my life, but it's been a lot. <laughs> and it seems like you can never run out of information when you go to prepare and think through and try to figure out something that's going to feed the flock, the body, the, the, God's people. There's no end to this book. And these series that we dive into is something that as I'm going through them, I'm eating and I'm partaking of the same manna that you are. In the Old Testament, God gave manna every day, his daily bread to feed the people of God. And I don't know about you, but I need manna. Amen. I need some spiritual nutrition that feeds my soul, that changes me from the inside out. And I'm not claiming any perfection. I totally, 100%, I'm telling you, I am not perfect. I know you think I am. (laughs) There's a lot of giggles in the room for some reason. But that's okay. But the older I get, the more I think about these messages and the more I try to say it in terms that the people of God will understand what I'm trying to say. I have a hard time speaking for 30 minutes to keep your attention. Leslie's saying 30 minutes. <laughs> You're right. So I try to dumb it down the, after some training that I've had in, in, in sermon preparation and stuff, to, down really to one word usually. One word that I would like for us to understand before we walk out the door. But it's so great to get to, as a, as a pastor, as a, a preacher of the gospel, get to see other people come into their calling. And you can tell by them growing up in the Lord. The Bible says seasoned, right? That they're growing up in the Lord, that they have had an understanding over time. Maybe they didn't hear it that day. Maybe they didn't understand it that day. But the Bible says that His word will not return void. Amen? Yes. Whatever words you speak will rest upon a heart, will rest upon that spirit of that person, and in due season. Amen? Amen? Due season. When it comes due, God allows his word. He's the one that gives the increase. So he will cause your memory, this noggin on top of your shoulders, to go back and pull out that word in due season when you need it. Amen? Let his word lodge upon your heart. In the Old Testament, they would take phylacteries and they would write God's word on little bitty scrolls, real little and they'd place it in a box on their hand and every day they'd wind a cord around their arms seven times and they'd pray a specific prayer because they wanted God's Word to always be with them. Look at Jewish people even to today. They got the little box on their head and one on their hand of God's Word and they were saying, I want it always to be there in my remembrance. But it's one thing to have it on the external. It's another thing to have it on the internal. And in the New Testament, the Bible says that God will graft his word upon the tablets of your heart. Amen? Amen. No longer external, but internal. I loved it this week. Tabby sent me a a text, and she said, what should I listen to? I want to listen to the Bible as I'm driving and on my commutes, and I'd like to listen to the Bible. What should I listen to? What do you say to that? The epistles of Apostle Paul. She sent back a laughing face. I don't know if she went and found them, or did you go find them? She look, looked them. Oh, Albie Al, Al, got you hooked up. Okay. As everybody says all the time, Pastor Ben is perfect at um, giving answers that cannot be understood. <laughs> so I understand what the epistles of the Apostle Paul is, but not everybody does. But I said it, and then after I said it, I thought, that's probably a little, little deep, I don't know, Maybe. And then I didn't answer after you did in the laughing face. I was like, I'm just going to let her go write it out. Maybe she'll Google it. (laughs) But thank God people are at least listening to the Bible. We're reading the Bible. Because you never know that the word you're going to read that day, and a lot of people in this room use the app, the Bible app on your phone that gives you a daily verse. That is discipleship. That is growing up in the Lord. That is us taking God's word into account and saying it's more important than anything else I want to face today is his word establishes my goings. So King Solomon had a lot of this. He had all the kingdom because he was the king's kid. How how many thinks that'd be awesome? I'm sure it's fun sometimes being Prince Harry or Prince William or Prince Charles or Prince anybody, you know, it would be pretty fun to be prince. (laughs) Not the one you're thinking of, of course. Purple rain, purple rain. But King Solomon was the king's kid. And something that Rings true in my ears today is something Sister Gartha told me over and over and over again when I first gave my heart to Jesus, that her mom and a whole lot of others was praying for me in my hellion days that I would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that I would give him my life. And after I did, I give honor to whom honors do because Sister Gartha helped my mom so much and, and caused her to grow up in the Lord. My mom was a babe in Christ, even though she had been saved for 20 years at that point in time. But when she met Gartha, everything changed. She forced Betty and mom to preach sermons, to teach children's church, to be involved in ministry, to take over the finances of the church, do all these things. And she equipped people for the work of the ministry. And Sister Gartha was an ace at that. First of all and foremost, because she had done it at work. She knew how to manage. But she would always look at me and say this, Ben, we're all just king's kids. Ben, we're all just king's kids. And when you think that you're a child of the king, <laughs> it has to help. Amen? Amen? Because when you're a child of the king, what's that mean? That means you are at the... Receiving point of all of his abundance. The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen? The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything you look at, everything you see, everything you hear, that is all his. And he can do with it as he wishes. Amen? He can cause the mighty to all of a sudden become weak. And he can cause the weak to all of a sudden become mighty why because he is the one in control of it all this is his and you're a king's kid to repeat to you what sister gartha said to me you are a king's kid do you believe that today do you accept that that as i've entrusted him with my life that i've gave him my life i've given it to him He didn't take it from me. He gave me a will and he gave me the ability to make a decision that I'm going to give him my life. Now all of a sudden I went from a child of the enemy amen a child of the devil that does devilish things to now I'm a king's kid. King Solomon grew up with an understanding of a king's kid. So today it's one thing to hear something. It's an entirely different thing to understand, to have knowledge, and have the. Where is my hat? That's a good question. Oh, so I burn it. it needed to be in. It's in the truck, ain't it? Uh-huh. Did you hide my hat? I burn it. Yeah. <laughs> Andy liked my hat. See? <laughs> King Solomon, though could hear a word, would understand it, he'd have knowledge about it because he could tie it to other things. And then he would put it into wisdom and that being practice. Everybody say, practice makes perfect. 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 So every day you wake up, just wake up and do what Sister Gartha does and say, I'm a king's kid. Whether you feel like it, whether you... There's any appearance of that at all. I am a king's kid. You may not have a crown on your head. You may not have anything. But if you have an understanding that you're the king's kid, it changes your day. Wake up in the morning and announce, Heavenly Father, I thank you for my salvation because you've made me one of your children. And today, unlock my full potential to do whatever you wish. The earth is yours. Do with me whatever you wish. And as you do that, he will give you guidance on what to do. And the beautiful part is that King Solomon heard these words. He had heard them from his father, his mother, his grandparents, the priest, the teachers. And he applied them. He had knowledge. Right? He had understanding. And he had wisdom. What am I going to do with it? His dad told him, I can't build the temple because I'm a man of war. God told me no. Amen? Wouldn't you like for your children to do more than you have for God's kingdom? Amen? That should be all of our desire that we would train up a child in the ways they go and when they're old they won't depart from it. What means they come back home even if they go away? Amen? And have the understanding. So King Solomon heard these words, I can't build God's temple because I'm a man of war but he's going to use you. So when Solomon becomes king it says through the story that we're reading here that as he becomes king, when King David passes away, he's now sitting on the throne. He sets his mother right beside of him. Remember what I said last week? And there he sits. And now actions of the whole empire are at his behest. He gets to say what other people do. But it's scary what happens when we get power if we misuse it. Amen? Power is corruption in and of itself in humanity. And we need to be careful for anything that we're in charge of that we have power of. But King Solomon remembered the words that come rising up and rumbling up within his belly. What's the song say you just said? A minute ago, the last song. Yeah, and what? Yeah, and what? Feel my heart pound. Okay. So when your heart pounds to the beat of God's drum, the information, the knowledge, the understanding, the words that you've already been given now becomes at the point of what am I going to do with it? Look at your neighbor and say, What are you doing? Amen? Amen. What are you doing? What are you doing with God's word? The words that He's given you, what are you doing with them? Not not how much of them do you know, and how many of them can you recite, and not how wise are you in a church house. What are you doing with His words? It's important. So King Solomon, this word becomes, and I can sure his heart pounding as he's sitting on the throne and he's sitting there like looking out and everybody looking at him like, well, what are you going to do now, King? It's like, uh, uh, if you've ever sat and chaired a, a meeting, there, there's no more humbling of a thing than to sit in front of a crowd of people and everybody looking at you. It's very humbling to stand here and every one of you sitting here looking at me. And if I quit talking, I don't know what you guys do. Probably go talk to each other in a few minutes. you probably mosey out and go get something to eat. But he's sitting there and these words begin to rumble because the Spirit of God hovered over King Solomon because he was blessed as the King of Israel. The King of Israel. And so amazing as he's sitting there in this blessed position in a place and in a chair that much notoriety amongst the world. And everybody had, had all these ideals of who the kingdom of Israel was and what God was doing and what he was about. But he didn't want to sit alone, so he brought his mother up beside of him and gave her that prized possession, the seat next to him. And then he goes on to say, I'm going to build God's house because daddy told me to. And because God says to. I'm tired of God living in a tent. That's basically what he's saying. Because all throughout Israel, all the Old Testament up to this point, God had always been in a tent known as the tabernacle. And it's one thing to live in a temporary spot for a little while. And we're going to go tent camping here in a few months. I'm taking my race trailer where Leslie wants me to or not because I'm sleeping inside. She sold her tr- camper. We don't have a camper. I'm taking my race trailer. And there's going to be like a race car party over there. And we're going to work on the race car. You know, it's going to be sitting out there on full display right in the middle of where are we going. You're not going. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to Carter case. She's going to Carter Case. If you never went, you need to go to the church camp trip. It is awesome. But God had always lived in this tent, the tabernacle. It had all these specifics that God instructed Moses and Aaron how to put all this stuff together and how to assemble it and how to take it down and how to move it to a new location. And God was on the move. And He was all over Israel. All over the land that's still Israel today. The nation that in 1948 become a nation once again that for thousands of years had been dissolved and God's children was thrown across the face of the earth And we know what happened in World War II. The concentration camps. They told God's kids, you're going to walk into this room and we're going to give you a good shower because you're a prisoner of war today. But when they walked in, there wasn't water coming out of the pipes. It was gas that killed them. That was real. There's facts proving all that. How sad is it when the world wants to kill God's kids? You know why they want to kill God's kids? Because they're serving their master, who's the devil, who hates God's kids. Amen? Amen? And even if I die and I go down and draw my last breath as the king's kid, it's good enough for me. Amen? Because when I enter over and cross over the chilly Jordan, that's when we get to go to heaven and make heaven our home for eternity. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears to dim the eye. No more sickness. Won't that be a beautiful place? Isn't that something you long for? That you just, man, God, help me get there. Amen? Put me on the right path. Give me the right words. Cause me to do the right things. Cause me to think the right thoughts. God had always been on the move, but all of a sudden, it's a new day. There's a new king on this earth. And he's serving the one true king. And that's where the Bible says that he's the king of kings. It doesn't say that nobody else can be king. You can be king of your own little world if you want to. Amen? Just be a king underneath the king. Amen? Build your little empire that you want to build underneath the kingship of heaven. Amen? Because his kingdom knows no end. There is no end to his kingdom. So King Solomon's sitting on his throne and he remembers these words begin to rise up within him. You're going to build me a house and it's going to be a permanent place. A place of blessing to the world. And King Solomon, he, he's thinking, Wow, David, King David, my dad, told me that he's going to get all these resources and have them stacked up, and he did. But guess what? It's never enough. Because God wants you to do something. Amen? He wants you to do something. He wants you to participate in His kingdom. He will give you preparations. He will give you uh, uh, all the resources you need up to a point until He calls you to act on faith and walk on faith to step out and say, I'm going to do the part He's called me to do. Amen? So all these resources were laid there by King David when he passed away. King Solomon looks over this big wood pile. That's awesome. God wants to build a house. Call me to. There are stones that He needs to cut. There's all these things that needed to do. And next thing you know, he looks around and he says, all these God's kids out here everywhere, and all of them want to do something. Because when I announced we're going to build God's kingdom, everybody wants to do something. Amen? Amen? So King Solomon's sitting there and he, he begins to decree things. Well, this group of people, I'm going to appoint governors over all these regions and you're going to be governor over this and governor over that and you're going to be governor over this and area and all these areas. And he, he points them out and he lays out this group and he, he, he has an understanding of how to manage people. He says, we're going to build God's house. Because I'm sick of seeing God live in a tent when I'm living in a house. My soul will not rest until God through his majesty and his name is glorified through a house which is his. It's dedicated to him. And he calls for these other kings for these other areas and he says you know what I need some some cedars over there and and he sends a letter and he tells this king I I need some cedars and I need you to bring them to me and, and, and if you don't have enough manpower to get them I'll send some of my men over to help your men. And we'll gather them and we'll bring them down and and I'm just asking you to participate in building God's house. You're not one of His kids. You're not a a child of Israel. But you can help. There's pictures of this place being built that you're sitting in. They're in an album in this room right here. And there was people that had never given their heart to Jesus, that when Betty and Mom and Gartha and all of them got together and, and, and they said, we're, go- "We're going to build God a house in Lewis County." There was all kinds of people came here and worked that was not saved, didn't claim to be saved, God used them to do this. It's all His. They're all His. They might not even known it. And I hope and pray that some of those teenagers, that, Betty, that you remember their names. I wasn't here. You remember their names that came and, and they, they lend their hands to help put up sheetrock and, and put these things in and get lights set up and, and, and do the carpet and build the walls and do all these things that we're setting in and enjoying somebody else's labor. It's the fruit of their labor. How many thankful that God uses everybody? Amen? He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people willing and able to do something. He's still in the business of doing that. So King Solomon's sitting there, and he, he goes out and call, makes these calls, and that guy's like, sure, we want to join in. Because if God blesses you, he's going to bless me. Amen? And I know what's happening in that house, and I want to be a part of it. So he, he does. He, and they, they join together, and he says, all I need from you is some food. I'll give you all the cedar you need for your temple, for God's temple. All I need some food. Wouldn't it be awesome to go up on our hillside over here and have another big land clearing day and everybody show up, even people from the community that don't even know Jesus that comes up with chainsaws and maybe their tractor and do whatever they got to do and maybe they're there just with a strong back. And they say, all we need is a Happy Meal. Go down and buy some chicken nuggets. Last time we was up there and had a work day, guess what happened? People from other churches drove by, went to the store and picked up stuff and brought to us so we'd have something to eat while we was working. God uses everybody. Amen? And he wants to use you and he wants to use me. King Solomon was wise enough to know that it's not only just for us to do this work. Everybody say, God's work is bigger than me. me. That's what I want you to remember and leave this place with today, that God's work is bigger than me. I can't do it all. I need some help. Amen? That's what we need to have an understanding of, that God has called me to do great things, but I cannot do it all myself. He's caused me to have friendships and relationships and a community that loves God and loves people that wants to do something. And he wants us to be a blessing. He's called us to be a blessing. He's asking us to participate. And God, the King of the earth, is sending out a decree today saying, Do something. Will you build my house? Will you participate? Will you help? Will you give resources? to God's kingdom. And that's a big call. And that's a loud call from King Solomon that he had an understanding that we don't have. Sometimes we just want to do it ourselves, Amen? Want to do it my way. I got an opinion. So does everybody else in the room. Most of you got more than one. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> If you don't believe me that they're out there, ask them. They'll tell you two or three before you get out the door. Amen? Amen. Shannon's sitting there laughing because he, he knows he's guilty. Jessica's like, you don't even know who I'm set beside of right now. God is calling, and he's calling us to be king's kids and to serve him in all that we say all that we do. It's as simple as that. He's asking us to participate in what he wants to do. King Solomon had wisdom, understanding, and knowledge to apply God's word to actions. What are you doing? What are you saying? And does it align with his word. won't you stand if you will God we thank you so much for for your word. We thank you for King Solomon and all the, all the understanding that we can glean from the things that were written down that he did. God, help us to do the wise part and help us to learn from the dumb parts. For the mistakes that he made. us to be your kids king's kids that does your will help us to be ministers of the gospel of peace of the gospel of Jesus in all that we say and do We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name. I want you to stay standing, if you will. And Travis and Lonetta, if you'll come up here, I want you to. Travis has asked that to He's been called to the ministry and they was praying a while back and some some individuals ask them, Do you want to be in ministry here somewhere else? And that's a beautiful thing. And it's an awesome thing to get to see people. And I watched Pastor Wells send out so many people in ministry, equipped us, me and Leslie, to do ministry. Pastor Kyle and Grayson, Pastor Krista down in Paris, there's just so many that Pastor Wells sent out. And it's a beautiful, honorable thing. Sometimes God calls us to minister here and travis has had ministry credentials with other organizations but he asked that we would uh, some people in the community are asking for him to perform their marriage ceremonies that's good stuff amen it's good stuff and uh you gotta have credentials to do that. You can't just willy-nilly walk out and marry people. You gotta have credentials. And he asked about getting credentials here at the church. And through the Assemblies of God as a general council church, we're allowed to give ministry credentials to give people a charge to be gospel ministers. And I wanna do that for Travis today and And a lot of you do this as a team. This is not a me thing. This is a we thing. And God uses you guys. And for any guy that'll dress up like that, (laughs) for a bunch of little hoodlum kids, amen, or somebody else sitting here on the front row, (laughs) it's pretty awesome. But I want us to pray over them. Dusty, if you'll come up, you and Albie. Dusty and Albie's been ministering here for a long time, and it's part of what we do. That's a good thing because what you can't do he can do you promise to walk worthy of the vocation to which you're called seeking always to bring honor to the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and do you promise diligently and faithfully to perform the duties of a minister of the gospel with no thought of personal reward or honor, having as your primary motives the winning of persons to Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord, and building up the church of Christ through inspiration, through teaching, exhortation, stewardship to the glory of God. So we guys kneel if you will. want to come up and help pray for them you can your family friends community classmates whoever you are if you want to come up and help us pray for them these two for the upbuilding of your kingdom and for all the words that they just prescribed to and they said that they will do these things that they will act out upon your word that their number one primary goal is to win people to your son Jesus and that they will inspire others that they won't tear down Lord that they will steward and take care of what you put in their possession Lord, in whatever ministry, whatever areas of concern that you place them in the building of your church. God, we pray for guidance. We pray for strength. God, we pray that you would abide with them, as your word says. That you will never leave them nor forsake them. And Lord, even in the loneliest of lonely times, when ministry becomes hard, that their strength becomes weak God that you would let the words of your scripture abide in their heart that you will bring to remembrance the things that have been spoken over them because in your weakness God you are made strong in our weakness you are made strong in Lonetta and in Travis's weakness you are made strong God, clothe them with your righteousness. Give them understanding of Solomon. God, I pray that you would give them the knowledge of your word of King Solomon. And God, that you would give them wisdom to act out upon those words of King Solomon. We speak blessings over their life. We speak blessings over their children. We speak blessings over their children's children. God, do what only you can do. Raise up an army. To build your kingdom. We thank you for Lonetta and for Travis. And this journey that they're on. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, Travis. Lonetta. Go marry a bunch of people. Not, yeah, they don't mean you get a lot of wives, Travis, like Solomon Dusty says, so that's good wisdom. What a beautiful, beautiful day. We love you guys. I'm proud of them. I graduated with Lonetta, and she's seen me at my worst, <laughs> and she's seen me at my best sometimes but I'm thankful that God called them to come here and you're needed. And uh, If nothing else, just to pray for me and Leslie. (laughs) That'll be good enough for me, but I know he's got a lot more for you than that. Amen. How many believe God's going to use Lonetta and Travis in ministry? Amen. That's what he's in the business of doing. others of you that have felt the calling of God placed upon your life and you've, you hear him knocking on your heart's door and the only thing I can encourage you with is these words the ones that I've lived out just do what he tells you to do just do what he tells you to do when he's speaking he's not just telling you that so you can memorize some things he's speaking that to tell you do something amen Love God, love people. Be a blessing to somebody this week. You are dismissed.